You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Hold up. Drink. Oh, yeah, this is. Drink. Drink. Sit down. Drink. Stand up. Drink. Pass, Pass out. Drink. Wake, Wake up. up. Drink. Faded. 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 So faded. Drink. Because, you know what, Terrence? When you are in denial about your sapphic needs, about your sapphic fucking urges, and about what's happening to you, what do you do? You pour up, you drank. You sit down and you drank. And you pass out, you drank. I mean, but... At infinitum. But I, but what I try to do is also clean. Like, it's part of, it's part of my process. It's part of, it's part of my process. Oh, so you're saying you, you drank and you clean? Right, yeah. I do that, too. I do that, too. But what do we know that Eve isn't doing? Cleaning, uh, sir. Yeah, she's not cleaning. She's not cleaning, sir. I, I, I don't know how old those tissues are. Think about the stains on her sheets. Lord. I'm those afraid. Sheets. <laughs> Sorry. Like, is that a... Is Yo, new, is, does New Mountain get ants? Like, I'm just okay. concerned. And I know you wanted Villanelle to be in her bed, but not like that, sir. Right. No, not no, like no, that. No. But since Villanelle will be heading back to London, I think we should switch up the music a little bit. Someone for some a for some party? party? <laughs> oh, us. We having a, a quarantine party. Me love every hey. woman in the world. Me love every woman in the world. I do. But one girl. One girl. One girl. If you guys can't tell, we are in a very festive mood because what's going to be coming this weekend? Our fight, our fight, our fight, our sapphic fight, and maybe even a kiss. Maybe, maybe even a kiss. A kiss. Maybe even a fucking kiss. But I want like, I want skin to skin. That's not like blood drawing, but but skin to skin. But I know I saw the bruises, so I know that there's gonna be some. Ooh, ooh. Sorry. Did you just have a side thought? You're like, I know there's gonna be some. Ooh. Right. It sounded like you had a good thought. It made me think of like that video that hopefully would make it to um, spotted on. Oh, which one? That I showed. Yo, you guys, we are so hyped for the episode coming this weekend. And I don't what, what else is there to say? We're in a very festive fucking mood. If you haven't tuned in to one of our lives yet, you might want to tune in for the live coming up this Sunday because I mean, cloud makeup contour yeah. on fleek number one. Booze, a fancy booze because we gonna open the champy because we are getting our first reunion with our ladies and that deserves booze. And, and maybe put your volume lower than average because there may oh, be lots of lots Sir, of maybe there will be lots of screaming. <laughs> and I I've already apologized online. I've apologized on Twitter. I've apologized in previous recordings. And I will apologize right now for the supreme amount of, of obnoxiousness you guys will receive from me. After I get my sapphic fight, I can't be held responsible for my ridiculousness when it happens because I'm beholden to the sapphic waves right, and ebbs and flows of Killing Eve. This is how it is. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this shit. I can't wait. Personally, because I just need to, like, these thespians, are, in, in a way, it's going to be just blood boiling to a fever pitch. Because, like, even if you're trying to hide it with your face, your body is going to also react. So maybe it's a reflexive fight where they just did, they didn't even have time to mentally. Oh, I feel like it's words. reflexive. I feel right. like it's reflexive because you just see a face 
and a person and a body and all the feelings come back. And it's kind of like what people used to say about Tinkerbell. Like she only had enough room in her body for one feeling at a time. And so it takes over. This is mm. even Villanelle. So I think they would be oscillating. You know how we joke about them sharing the one, brain, one cell. brain cell. So yes. it's going to be angry brain cells spliced with horny. And so I just need to make sure we get all of that energy in the fisticuffs. I feel on bad display. for the bus driver because is he going to stop the bus? Like, I don't know what's happening here. I'm pretty sure that the bus it is It depends moving. on the out of fuckness that's there because we right. know in New York. Oh, yeah. That bus they will not stop going. that bus. Right. He's not stopping. He's right. like, these fools. They're going to be on Facebook Live. Love. Literally, right. <laughs> Trending on Twitter by the mm. evening time. Look what happened on the MTA bus today. Mm. But oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And you guys, these are another fucking week with 85 fucking clips. 85 yeah, fucking clips. Can we talk claps. about what's with all these releases? It's the Rona. It's the quarantine. It's got to be that the BBC and AMC have never been in this situation before. And perhaps they've given too many clips. They've given too many rights to be like, you can show a clip. Like Oprah, you can show a clip. You can show a clip. Because in total, don't we have like three, almost three baby clips? Or not baby clips, but, but sort of like, around that situation. Right. I'm like, so is this just the whole scene? Like, Right, is this everything? Because I feel like I can piece it all together. I feel like I can piece it all together too, a little it's, bit. it's like before the internet, McDonald's used to do the Monopoly board, and then they would oh put gosh. the winning pieces on the other side I remember. of the country to kind of make sure that people didn't do a thing. But had there been like sophisticated internet, are you looking you for first place? <laughs> right, right. Hey, our boardwalk. Like, can we Lessons, link up together right, and get right, this money? Right, get this cash. Right. <sighs> so I, that's what we're doing as the fandom. You got people from Australia like, well, I got these three minutes. And then you got people in, in London Listen, like, well, I got these three minutes. The black market of Killing <laughs> Eve is popping. It is. It's moving. There's stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of manner of currency from the crack vids that we run into, the mashups, the Ooh. After Effects magic whiz <laughs> things that they're doing. I saw a photo the other day that was Eve. And Villanelle smooch. And I was like, this didn't happen, but it looks like it did. And this is, wow. Someone hire these people, please. These right. children, please. Especially in these quarantine times. BBC, I'm sure you could use a couple extra employees to help you out. We have a lot of eager Killing You fans. I saw the wrong bed sheets, but I did see Eve and Villanelle in a bed. And I was like, I'm how, drinking. when? I mean, especially I'm since drinking. they both have a dedicated side of the bed. So it's easy to just kind of splice them in one bed. And I was like, whoa. I mean, people got have a lot of comments about Eve, too. But I'm just sort of like, yo, if Villanelle was into her basic-ass, whack-ass wardrobe and found it charming and endearing, how much more a dirty, messy Eve? Because I feel like, and I hope, and I'm sure we'll get into it more in the musings, but I just hope that Villanelle does end up in Eve's place to give her the teddy bear, even if she's not there when Eve is there because of how we see the scene play out. But for it to be the opposite of what we saw... In series two, when she went in there, she had a toothbrush. She was like, we gonna kiss kind of because I'm using a toothbrush. But that she's looking around Eve's place and she's getting the best vibe, the best tickle out of like what you said, wading through the trash. She stepped on a bag of half eaten chips. You know, she's like, oh, Eve, <laughs> you know, she's like, Eve, you don't even have cups. Oh, right, right. <laughs> All you have is this one thing that's cracked and chipped. <laughs> Why is it here? Look at this bag full of empty ramen noodles. <laughs> I just think she would be tickled, and I hope that we get some level of something. What if she cleans? <laughs> We've yet to see Villanelle clean her own spot. It's true. It's true. So I would, I would say that's a possibility if they'd shown us that Villanelle gives a goddamn about cleaning. But right now, I'm attributing that to Killing Eve science that says we just don't think about certain things. Because not only does Villanelle not clean, she doesn't have a maid or someone who helps her or like one of those apps where you just have someone come over. So I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about from, remember, in the um, in the studio where the fan was like, 
but Vilna went to the bed, but Vilna, she didn't wash her hands. <laughs> she did it. Dead and serious. I still am so tickled by that fucking fan that was like, excuse me, um, I'm queer, obviously. I haven't said it, but obviously, because we have to ask the important questions. How is a bitch going to have sexual relations with another woman without washing her hands? And I love that Jody was like, I do believe that even though Villanelle looked as though she was about to jump right in, she would have excused herself to wash her hands because she is a, I was going to say a professional lady lover, but that that's probably accurate. I mean, that may be a pro pro. It lady may be. lover. I mean, she's definitely an unforgettable lady lover to the point where I know that you arguing with someone and that looks like that could be important, but when can we reschedule our round two, round like, three, when, when can round we? Four? When can we? Right. When can, I mean, because I got a thing later if you want to, oh no, no, I mean, well, I guess text me or whatever. Bye. I was just singing. I said lady lover. I don't know if anyone recognized that ditty, but it was lazy lover. Brazilian girls. It was a song. Oh, Brazilian it's a, girls. Yeah, my friends, defunct band, you know, not all bands can stay together, but <laughs> that song was a great summer song. Lazy lover. But I wouldn't call Villanelle a lazy lover. Would you? Oh, absolutely no. I mean, the I would way- call her a vigorous lover. She's dedicated. She knows her goal and she executes to perfection consistently because, you know, she's part of the 93%. Well, if she's not emotional well, at the right. time. Well, oh, wait, we're talking about sex, sex. not murders. Right. Sex. Okay, no, that's 100%. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say, especially because Killing Eve is in the land of make-believe, that we are going to edge Villanelle up because of her superior skills, mm-hmm. her linguistics. And so because when you know how to speak a bunch of languages, maybe what you can do yes. with your tongue and stuff yes. is yes. deeper. Yes. It's more complicated mm-hmm. than the average bear mm-hmm. who's working with phonetics. So we're going to inch Villanelle up to 100%. And since we won't be extra today, 110. I'm okay with She's 110. She's in the 110%. Me too. We she should has, make that merch. She has settings that she can adjust her tongue to. Like, it's just going to be a guaranteed good time. Garen. It's a new merch thing because we can do whatever we want with merch, even if we're literally the only ones who have it. And that's the new one. 110%. Big, bold on the front. Villanelle on the back. Mm-hmm. Inside joke. Yep. <laughs> inside joke so how are we doing did we survive um we are what days away from episode three so here we are we are 25 percent done with this season how are we feeling are we okay i just a part of me just wants to know because like i feel like there's so much i still need and that i'm i don't i'm in a rush but i'm also not in a rush so i'm just sort of like in this weird limbo of like give me more things <laughs> give yes. me things more things. I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm hyperventilating from an attack because my sheer amount of excitement. It's been a minute since Killing Eve had me this amped up. And granted, we just have come back from a hiatus. So that's part of it. But no, it's that's why I was like, we are going to go all out. I'm making Villain Eve cupcakes. I don't want to say what merch I will have on because I've not fully concocted it yet. But by the time Sunday comes around, I just want you guys to be prepared for what ridiculousness will befall you. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Don't call the police. Just watch and enjoy. <laughs> just watch and enjoy. I really do think you guys might open up to the lights off. Some house music. <laughs> some lights going as we prepare for the opening scene. But it will be over the top and amazing. I guess we can get this snack episode on the track and move on to corrections. Yes, corrections. It's the correction segment. Wow, did we totally fuck that up? Did we? I mean, I hope that did. did I think we did. We? Yeah. And this is why we have snack episodes. Ow. All right, so let me go first. I will go first and 
Perhaps you guys recall me pointing out the name of the store that Constantine was in front of when he was out there scheming on what he was going to do with Geraldine. The store was called Paddy Power. And off my basic rudimentary horrific guess, I was like, is that Irish power? Is it activism? And thankfully, a lovely listener wrote in, Clive Still, thank you so much, to let me know that it's actually a well-known chain of bookstores in the UK. Well, thanks, Clive. (laughs) I had no idea. And I must say, I didn't Google it. Like it, that thought happened in the moment that you guys heard it and then it flew away so I wonder, never to return again Geraldine was just there off camera you know like I need books on grieving for she's my mother she's buying a book on meditation <laughs> or grieving right I just feel like she's the eat pray love kind of girl even though I do feel like she's genuine depends on what we'll see but they might have her played as the person that's just extra you know just they, they mean well but just they'd have that extra dose that you're like okay no no thank you actually well, yeah, I can. It's a little totally much. It's a little much. <laughs> your optimism is a little much right now, Geraldine, or your need to talk right now. Somebody was like, "She's a plant." I'm like, you know what? I oh, love calling. Lord. I love calling everyone a plant. I don't want to call her. I one know you do. I know yet. you do. Everyone, I have a- other plants. Everyone except <laughs> Asian Tari. You know what? Asian we gonna leave Motahari alone. He's gonna be great. Okay. I and, I agree. Oh, I'm okay. on the side oh, of okay. Asian Tari. I'm just trolling you. Because I because of the smile name. you get on your face. <laughs> Listen, every time the agent comes on screen, no, I think we should all have eye candy. I think we should all have fun, especially in these stressing right. Rona times. So right. it's all good. I mean, even if you know you don't play for my team, it's fine. Just just keep acting the way you're acting, okay? And just keep doing what you do. Just right. keep looking the way you look. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> and next time you get a bathroom scene, don't put the bring the whole suit. I don't know. Loose, <laughs> lose something. Loosen something. Loosen something. Okay, let me uh, pull into a correction of mine. Okay, I really wanted to get closer minutes. I needed to know what Eve would be doing with this body by the end of the first episode. And I was hoping I would have gotten more Mm, info mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the beginning of episode two instead of the time jump that we did get where we see a drunken Eve, you know, just dealing with being drunk and angry, which I loved. But I still wanted to know. What was the first call she made? Like, those were my questions because I wanted oh, answers. Oh, those and- are, those are, yeah. Actually, now that you mention it, yeah. Because I still need to know who she called, Carolyn or the cops or what? And then why would she not search the body for things? Because, like, Ooh. if Eve is oh! the Eve, I know Eve would have gotten Actually, the flash drive. major point. She did not check Kenny's pockets. Maybe she was too distraught by his image. I just we can say I, that, I but like, that's actually it's a good point. It's a good point, I, right. especially if you suspect murder or foul play, right. and you were gonna take somebody's fucking phone and, and not prayed. leave it for the police. She, it's not like she was squeamish because she touched the body. She, she did. did. She touched his head. Right, and then looked mm. up and was like, "Who's up there?" She, but. After this. And she was processing thoughts. And I think actually now that you pointed out, it goes back to my overall theory I've had about Eve not being squeamish around dead bodies anyway, the way that a normal person would. Like I told you how when my first cat died, I had some sort of a mental breakdown in the moment. At least that's what my mom was thinking too, because I couldn't deal with the stiffness of this is what a deceased organic thing looks like. So the fact that Eve was able to not have a hyperventilating situation or some sort of panic attack, she was able to touch him, move like the hair and do stuff. You're right. But to me, that's what Eve was was showing Martin in series two, when he was pulling up the murder photos and everyone right. else, Jess, Hugo, they're like, oh shit, Kenny's like, Eve oh like, God. Mm-hmm. Here's Eve like... <laughs> Let me just lean a little bit closer. Right. Mm, I do like right. the way that pose was done. I, I wonder what their last moments were like. like Villanelle, I- this is some of your best work, babe. Right? Some of your best work. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Jess in the back like, mm, mm-hmm. Because that's, that's the only reason why Jess was there, you guys, was to shade Eve in this really <laughs> ridiculous way from afar. All right. Well, was that the end of your... 
Uh, yeah, yeah just your correction? My, my correction, because I really wanted minutes. The minutes were missing, unfortunately. Yeah, they would have been entertaining. Maybe, but they could come back around. That is true. You know, we're doing flashbacks. Right, we, we, we are in a right. season of unprecedented so, Suzanne, stuff. you know, your will be done. We will just ride the wave. Just Suzanne! To... And Suzanne, we trust. Sorry. Right, Suzanne, I just gotta keep got to keep screaming that into the universe until this series is over, actually. Right, That's yeah. probably how long it's going to last. All right. So this next correction has to do with me, and it really has to do with my guess about the cuss the russian cuss word constantine taught a baby geraldine when she was nine or ten and in the show he says mudak i believe i might have said mordak which perhaps is a sci-fi character as well but it's mudak and it does not mean fuck you guys it means shithead and so i'm like okay i still like that i still like that i know how to say shithead in russian but now i'm wondering like constantine why were you teaching geraldine shithead hopefully (laughs) it's because you were cracking a joke about somebody who wasn't her daddy. Because that would be rude and shady, sir. Since what? we know you were definitely banging Carolyn right. at the time. So he snuck into the house as he does for his routine as he does. But someone else beat him to it that night. And he probably said it. And she was probably on the steps and was like, what's that? In my mind, <laughs> I feel like Carolyn, even though there was text messages at the time, I just feel like Carolyn is like, she would have said to Paige, be here in five. Yep. I need my own. <laughs> That's it. No, it's not a question. It's an expectation of what is coming. And so that's how I see Constantine, especially young Constantine, because I'm just like, how do you not go all out for a young Carolyn? A bitch that you know was that confident, that fly, that hot. You, if she says, get Where? your ass over here in five minutes, you're like, bitch, I'll be there in four. Excuse we me. We need this show, like the BBC's version of True Lies, like whatever this show is. I'll take that prequel. We need it. Right. I'll take it. We need I it. I will. And then him showing up like, what What happened? I told you be here in five. Especially if they you just were- keep Carolyn's rotation intact. Just please right. ha- have her going through men and women like we know she does right now at her age. Right. No, like it would be uh, Diane in the bed with her now. Oh! And then it's you know what? It's Constantine up. was six minutes late and Diane was already there. I have Diane concoct- was ready. concocted such <laughs> scenes with Diane in my head to justify her ridiculous energy for Carolyn that I would love that. AMC, BBC, if you ever want to fucking workshop ideas on potential prequels since you guys seem to love to do that <coughs> walking dead <coughs> y'all have several things planned for the walking dead like you said for years to come like y'all want an amusement park so i'm just saying think about that for killing eve you really cannot replace eve or villanelle you can't do anything in that category so don't even bother but right but if you want to do a spin-off. if you want to do a carolyn spinoff slash prequel um work and title no. right work and title um oh you got a work and title what is it honey trap undercover <laughs> Like, I mean, we'll, we'll, we could workshop it. You know, the, you, we don't have to finally finalize that. I mean, it, this is, you know, just on the table for now. I like was like, can. I was about to say Venus honey trap just because like fly too. traps are right. dangerous. Right. Oh, my God. All right. So, oh, do you have any more corrections? Oh, yes. Um, I was going to go to and we I don't know. We were probably going to meet in the middle here, maybe depending on where am I? Scroll up. OK, um. I didn't get around to fully trying to explain. Uh, oh, is this the Constantine? Yes. 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 I didn't get around to fully trying to uh, explain the Eve, like, stank eye that she was giving Constantine while he was ordering his vodka and how Constantine chose to play off Eve's stank eye because mm-hmm. he was, like, thinking that she was doing that because she was judging him for his vodka. He's like, no, I'm not getting it because right. it's Russian. <laughs> I was getting it because it works. But her she really stink just eye hates his face. Right, was because he's Constantine. Yeah, she, hate, she hates his face. 
I mean, and, she's and, like you. And, but, and at the same time, <laughs> she is fighting her zipper, and I'm like, oh, Eve. oh, you, Eve, you are way too adorable. <laughs> When you are pissed like this. Mm. And actually, that's kind of how it works sometimes with like, whether it's loved ones, friends, whatever, that when someone, I don't know if that happens to you, but like whether you're dating someone or not, they get super angry. And in that moment, you're like, God, mm. you've never looked so adorable. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I've never looked so adorable. I just, I just want to say just the way your, your eyes twitching mm-hmm. ever so. It's just, it's cute. That's why I imagine if Villanelle could do, which I hope she returns to even just a little bit, which is her stalking, just observing. Because if she could just observe even a squalor, I know she will feel better about what she's been going through. Because as it's in one of our later musings, it will confirm what Villanelle is currently unsure about, which is Eve's love. If we take the sentiment she left with Felix, she is unsure or she just thinks Eve does not love her. And that was the great tragedy. But if she sees Eve in, in the bullshit, she's perceptive. She's not a fool. Who is over somebody and doesn't care about somebody and this much in the muck and the dolefuls? No one. Eve no would be one. living her best life like, oh, I lived. I made it. She would be having the opposite reaction from a, a near-death experience where you're happy. You're gleeful. Maybe you're trying new things. You're like, fuck, I'm, right. I'm Julia Roberts and he pray love. I'm going to Italy, but I'm not going to be caught down. I'm not going to be bogged down by the wrong bullshit. I'm going to go shop. I'm going to go to museums. I'm going to go see stuff. And that's not Eve. And so at the very least, even if Eve says to her face, I fucking hate you and want you to die, that if Villanelle sees the reality of her life and her attitude, she's like, oh, bitch, I I know you're lying. That's not true. You really love me, Eve? Like, even if they get into this big fight and Eve storms out of the bus afterwards and then the other passengers are like, wow, could you believe her? She's a total psychopath. (laughs) Villanelle's like, (laughs) <laughs> she's like that's my girl she is a total segment. right all right so let me see do i have any more corrections here oh i think i have one more actually and eh, it technically hasn't happened yet but i'm gonna just throw it in there because it seems unlikely and suzanne we trust yes so last episode when we were looking at the preview for this coming week's episode there was a shot of villanelle holding her tuning fork on what looked to be a caretaker who was holding a baby and I said then, Villanelle's killing that damn baby and the woman. Just because I assumed, but amongst the plethora of clips that have made their way to our eyeballs in the interim, I now feel like that's a correction because of where we see the baby ends up physically with Dasha and Villanelle. That Villanelle probably does not kill the baby because she's too busy being goddamn adorable with the baby. And if you guys have not seen the clip, go find the clip. We will play the clip later. But damn, I, it was something I didn't know I wanted with Villanelle hanging out with a baby in limited time things because again infanticide murder not trying to see it but in the limited moments in which Villanelle can deal with a baby I think it's fucking hilarious and I'm not gonna get into the music now I'm just gonna say that I really feel like that's Eve's impact that Villanelle wouldn't have the time to fuck around with a baby and troll Dasha if she wasn't already feeling lighter and happier and more optimistic about her fucking life I love that you can see that Dasha was also kind of over the baby situation because at first (laughs) I was like, maybe Dasha gave her some weird test of a kill where it was like, it's not really a kill. It's a kidnap or something. And I'm like, no, this is. Yeah, that's sort of where my book, maybe my muse ends. I think that's sort of like the muse, I guess, where this goes is that I think potentially Villanelle grabs the baby when she's not supposed to that she's supposed to kill the woman who is rude to her about the piano, potentially the nurse, or she just kills the nurse for free to take the baby because she's like, I just want to play with this right now. And then she takes the baby to follow Badasha and Dasha's like, yo, what the fuck is this? Yo, what the fuck, Villanelle? And she's like, what you mean? It's cute. You've been going crazy these past couple of days. You've been manic. Whatever time You've been wild. Right. What about the lovers? You don't have the lovers? The lovers are supposed to calm you down. What you doing, girl? And she's like, I just, eh. 
Eve Palastri without actually saying Eve Palastri, but we know. You know what? I forgot. I actually had this like correction sent in to me from Fleur and it was about Felix because uh, during my rant about why Villanelle, why, or rather why, why boyfriend, why, why Julie Felix had to do with him killing his boyfriend's family. But she mentions that it was more than likely the bullies family. Oh, I, that tracks. I see yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And I probably was just screaming at the time, but that makes sense. I could just still see on the cursor part that the boyfriend would still be like, okay, but you still killed the old lady. <laughs> so that's not cool. <laughs> um, but that's it. That was all I had for the corrections. I may have more untold groceries. And if that's the case, I will get them next time. All right. So what we're doing now is heading on over to the revelation segment. Killing Eve revelations. <laughs> Yo, did that really just fucking happen? I'm dead. Let me start this out with one of your revelations, good sir. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this first article, this seems to be a trend with most of the uh, documents that I found. Is you know how are the stars and cast and crew of this hit show dealing with COVID nineteen? Like, what are they doing with their lives? So this first one is an interview that Sandra O did. Um, let's see, where is this from? Which one? Because she's this done is... a, I mean, she's been giving us content and right. I'm so glad that, well, I'm not glad, but because I'm, I'm not glad that anyone is potentially squirrely in quarantine. I just like that it appears that Sandra O, oh, who normally does not have this kind of content, is restless enough to like want to talk to people. And so we are getting tons of Sandra O oh content in right. these past couple of weeks. Uh, so this is going to be inserts from The Sun, which is a UK, uh... what's the title of this article? Uh, let's see. Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's how it Oh, oh. <laughs> Sandra O oh reveals secret to sexy chemistry with Killing Eve co-star Jodie Comer. So already I was like, I'm, I'm like, just y'all, just y'all in the room, <laughs> just y'all. No, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. Of course, I read it already, but yes, please, yes. sir, take us through the paces. Um, let's see. We will get into. Oh, Sandra reveals. We'll start here. We really dive into the relationship. We both understand there's a lot of mystery between Eve and Villanelle mm -hmm. and we play it as such. Usually what happens is story-wise Eve and Villanelle are kept apart. At a certain point they crash into each other and then they have their storyline together. Uh, Jody and I have a profound relationship. At this point having done three seasons we trust each other with the magic that is happening. That's how we work it. Uh, describing the intensity of the scenes she shares with Jody, Sandra adds, if you've been in a bad, obsessive relationship <laughs> or if you've struggled with addiction, you'll relate. Addiction to I a person. <laughs> Let's <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I, I have. I have. You have. Uh, I have you. Have you. Have you. Hmm. Have. Okay. You. Hmm. Let's leave it at that. Let's see. Um, the last like, what do I have right. to do to have a drunken conversation with Sandra? Oh, and never tell anyone because I wouldn't want to violate privacy. <laughs> I just want to but yes, please continue. Uh, Sandra says, <laughs> she says, Sorry. Jody has a remarkable ear. She is so talented. She is. When you hear what she really sounds like, you're blown away. Jody's ability to mimic Russian friendship and American isn't the only and thing. I'm Sandra loves. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and I'm a pen yeah. And I'm a pen. And I'm a pen. I know. Now that I know what she's actually saying, I can't actually do the bullshit I heard before, Happy which is Valida. sad for me. And yeah. I'm a pen. I'm kind of my. <laughs> oh, Sandra oh, admires her on screen wardrobe. I love this part. Sandra says, Oh, the clothes. It pains me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I was on set watching Jody on the monitor, and I was like, are those wool Gucci trousers? Yes. Those are the trousers <laughs> I, I mentioned. I got those trousers. 
I got the four press of it. Oh my God. Villanelle has my taste in clothes. That's my hot. life is complete. Right. Could you could you imagine? Thanks for divulging that piece of information, Sandra. Your work bag gets to wear clothes that you would wear in real life. So that's No, they're literally like Jody, take this couture from 2006, this vintage Versace from 1997, this piece over here, brand new artist. You know, there's a lot of buzz going on. Um, Eve, here we got your Dockers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> from the thrift store. And right. they haven't been washed, bitch. Oh, we got take this, these K-Swiss. We got this sh- uh, shipped in straight from Gap. Take Gaffin. this New Balance. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a two in one. Uh, we think that you'll do you'll do fine in it. We got three different colors. It's from the discarded <laughs> bin of the knockoff Old Navy. So, so enjoy. We got this in teal. We got this in navy blue. And then we got it in a dark, um, a dark olive. So you just polyester, kinda... harsh blend. It will chafe your skin, but it's okay. You only have to wear it the colors. We're keeping the colors close because we're playing you as destitute for the season. <laughs> we want it to sort of appear like you never change your clothes, even right. though you will like be you've never bathed. <laughs> so what we have here is 19 versions of these khakis that we have pre-distressed with dirt and mud. <laughs> and here's just Sandra Oh, just looking at it like, uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah. Acting. Hashtag acting. <laughs> hey, hey Charlotte, are you busy? <laughs> Charlotte, come back. Oh man. Where are we at? Oh, okay, here we are. Yes. The clothes. The okay, so after yes. After the clothes she reveals I had the most amount of work set up for this year. I had a film and two television mm-hmm. series. We're rescheduled to go back to Killing Eve in September, but we, we don't know. Our show is international. You can't shoot Africa and Scotland, for example. And we don't know what's going on with Scotland. I, I have <laughs> found it quite challenging to stay creative, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. That's all. Well, I was going to say all of us, but a lot of us. It's it a is. lot of us. Uh, oh, here we go. Some more. She says, I'm in Los Angeles. We're at that point where beaches and trails are closed. I am so grateful I am here at my house. I have a meditation practice, which I have been leaning heavily into. Yo, shout to meditation. Yes. That shit. The anxiety works. is so high that my need to sit, practice, and meditate is very strong. Um, that's the one way I've been dealing with the COVID 19. I have been in communication with mostly groups of people from my past. Recently, a bunch of us were texting and how we have a cocktail every Friday. In our first Zoom, many of us had not seen each other in almost 27 years. Oh my years. God, can we have a Killing Eve cocktail hour? If anyone is interested and will participate, let us know. We'll, right. we'll oh, throw that up a poll or do something. I, well, we don't need much of a reason to drink, but oh, okay. um, we would right. love to have a, a drink, a happy hour, Killing Eve happy hour with y'all. But anyway, wow. please continue. Uh, during this time, our need to connect and making the effort to do so and relationships and health are all what it's about. Uh, one mm-hmm. of these, one of the things we are learning in this crisis is that being with each other is better. Oh my gosh! Yes, Sandro, I love all of this. It takes a while to get to a point in your career where you can actually make a choice. And after a decade of my life on a show, I had enough economic power to say no. Oh, so this was her response oh, to. Oh, yeah, she touched on that a little bit with um. I want to say Hollywood Reporter Roundtable for when she was going through her award cycle after season one. And she was talking a lot about newfound agency, but also how despite being at this stage in her career, late 40s, been on hit shows, tons of movies. And still, when they sent her that Killing Eve script, she was like, oh, supporting? Who's Eve? Phoebe's like, bitch, is it, it's for you. And she was like, oh, a word? Okay. 
I mean, you know, being a woman and especially being a minority, she probably didn't I, immediately think. Anytime somebody wants to throw some shade on Sandra, oh, I'm like, just remember the fact that the one person Phoebe Waller-Bridge had in mind for her fucking show. It was Sandra, was Sandra. Mm-hmm. Everything was <laughs> She was like, I don't know around. what else is happening here, but it's being built around Sandra O, oh, right. her unique collection of talents and everything. And so, yeah. And let's see, these four years, it was like active waiting. I was not not working. I was figuring out what it is to say no and what it is to say yes. It is like falling in love. It's like, okay, now I realize I have a little bit more awareness, a little more consciousness. I want this out of a relationship and I am just going to wait until they show up because I feel like they will. So when Killing Eve came by, I thought, this is the right thing for me. This feels right to say yes to. Mm-hmm. So I'm and thank you for right. saying yes. Thank bitch, you for saying yes because you. you are the reason why I'm watching. I really can't imagine another person playing Eve. I really can't. That wraps up the article from The Sun. I always like to read or hear about Sandra O talking about her artistic journey just because she's always so expressive about it and she seems like she's authentically trying to communicate whatever this was and that's why she's always talking about her hands and different things and so I just I like to hear her talk about the creative process and how much like the Villeneuve relationship a lot of her and Jody's artistic tango lies in the realm of mystery and improvisation because they don't talk about it beforehand other actors have other approaches where they workshop it potentially they go through the whole scene and all kinds of stuff and it looks like Jody and Sandra O oh do their preparation separately and have their intrinsic understanding as creatives and then what they have of their characters and then it's like boom I just feel like it's probably exciting to right? be the DP to be like oh what are these bitches about to do and they're like Candace Candace can you please hold that cable <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I, I I got distracted by the by the good acting but yeah it was a great article I was going to mention also for one of my revelations Another article that is based off a podcast episode, and thank you to the listener who sent it in, Jeff. And we'll link it in the show notes, or you guys could Google Just Jared. There's a podcast for Just Jared. (laughs) Maybe some of you know, but Sandra O was a guest on this podcast, and it was sent in for a few people like, I don't know if you heard this, you should listen to it. And so if you're interested in just like hearing what's going on with Sandra O and her life personally and professionally, outside of just what's relating to Killing Eve, I would advise for you to check this out. And eventually she does say some things about Killing Eve during this interview when asked. And what was interesting that she revealed that I just wanted to mention was her own personal theory. She revealed that she had her own opinion of whether or not Villanelle intended to shoot Eve. And in her mind, she was basically like, nah, And I love that you kind of have to listen to the podcast to hear the cadence and the tone that she uses. But the way she does is like, I mean, she's like a professional, isn't she? Like, she's an assassin. (laughs) And that's my reasoning. That's why I think Villanelle didn't intend to kill her. Because I'm like, okay, we can make jokes and funnies about Villanelle being emotional and not being a great shot. By the same time, like, assassin is assassin does. Like, she did not shoot Anton in the gut. And so I'm just going to go with the idea that she kind of wants people to live when she doesn't shoot them in the head. Secretly, subconsciously, maybe not so secretly or subconsciously. But yeah. And so the actual quote is, I have my own theory, which might not be in line with the writers or even Jodie Comer, because I don't really know what Jody felt like. What I thought is that Villanelle knows. She's too good at her job. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, she also talked a little bit about season three 
and Villanelle being in a clown costume and whether or not it was meant to be a Joker homage. I've seen some um, conversations like that online. As far as Sandra O oh is aware, she's like, I don't think so. But if anyone is going to answer that, it's going to be Suzanne, the person steering the creative ship for this season. And I know some people were talking about Sandra O's oh's last answer to her question when they're like, oh, do you think even Villanelle could ever actually mm. live a happy life together? Oh, I think I've seen lots of this on the on the Twitter. Yeah, because people were mad. It's like, well, there's fanfic and then there's real life. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how two bitches as petty, temperamental, and on the murder jaunt like these hoes, you could expect to just, oh, what they, Susie Hillmaker? We out here with the Brady Bunch? But it's Villanelle and Eve? No, that's not what's happening. Sandra O's response is no. And I think that's what makes great drama. I think that's what makes great romance. It's the yearning that brings people in. It's the dramatic storytelling. It's based on desire and yearning. And so, first of all, let's not ignore the latter half of what she said, where she's like, desire and yearning. <laughs> That's what we want, desire and yearning. Right. And I feel like in the context of this interviewer saying, actually live a happy life together, we're literally talking about the Brady Bunch here. We're literally talking about the typical head situation, two cars and a house, and there's some kids over there, a little bambino. Mm -hmm. You're doing stuff, everything's great. Maybe you go to church, and if not every Sunday on Easter, you know what is important, and that will literally never be even Villanelle. Right. There was probably a delusion. No, there wasn't probably. There definitely was a delusion on Villanelle's part that, that could happen, but that's because she didn't know Eve well enough. She just had the fantasy constructed from what she was looking at. But this is what I'm hoping for, as you guys know, for series three, is that the fantasy gives way to reality, and they both realize reality is even better than the fantasy. Oh, do you like that? Yes. Good. Me too. I just, I just thought of it, and I hope, I hope it comes true. But that's it. We will link the thing if you guys are interested in checking it out. There's an article you can read in relation to this podcast, but they also have the podcast recording in the article if you just want to listen to it. And I believe you just go in 20 minutes, and there it is. But yeah, doubling up on Sandra O content and these revelations. Yes. And so just to kind of take one little step to the left, uh, this next article from uh, Travel and Leisure actually centers around Fiona Shaw. And how she's um, toughing it out during COVID-19. Mm. Ooh. And so their first question to Fiona is, what can viewers look forward to seeing in Killing Eve season three? Her response? My hotation. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn's story gets much more personal. So maybe hotation. We'll see. For one thing, her daughter's introduced. It's very interesting to have another member of her family appear and to see <laughs> what that means to Carolyn. Uh, the story in itself is absolutely wild this year. Audiences have gotten to know the characters very well. So Suzanne Heathcote has honed a very interesting plot that will change some perspectives for the audience. Um, the next question, mm. what are you personally most excited about for season three? My hotation. No, I'm <laughs> sorry. That's always going to be my default, Carolyn, answer. Well, let's see. Her answer is, it was much more challenging for me as an actor. Up until this season, Carolyn did a lot of private dialogue with the audience and with herself. Mm, mm -hmm. Her personal life is hiding from the audience. And now a lot of that gets to be sandblasted away. It's much more direct. I think that's a really good challenge. Technically, she still could be talking about a rotation. We don't know. She could. Uh, their next question. What locations have you traveled to while filming? Her response, we filmed a lot around London this year. Mm. Beautiful places in London. I have a scene in the Royal Albert Hall, which is a thrill to shoot in because of how important it is to the city. We also shot a little bit outside London in the Shires. Other members of the in cast... In the Shires? <laughs> no, <laughs> In the Shires, Miss Shaw. Other members of the cast went to Paris, Barcelona, mm. and Amsterdam. That's fucking Villanelle. Uh, Villanelle, the only one go try to like that. 
in previous seasons, I was on location in Romania. What was your favorite destination? Her response, definitely Bucharest, Romania. We stayed in a hotel that was near the marvelous city hall with the balcony near Nicolaes. It looks like Sousu? C-E-A-U-S-E-S-C. Oh, dear. Future correction coming up. Future correction, right. Nicolae Sousu, it almost looks like. The former president of Romania was rescued by helicopter in 1989, only to be shot an hour later. The fact that she has this fact, <laughs> how does Fiona have these sample facts? Which is, it's beautiful to because see. Because she is sophisticated <laughs> and classy and smart. I had a driver who used to work with Shoso, and he was able to tell me about the wave of discontent that went across the crowd at that moment. The beginning of a revolution. Uh, to be able to stand on that balcony and be there was very exciting. Mm. I also went to several art galleries, which, which were fantastic. So she's reading as if... I'm disgusted and moved <laughs> right. to find out that Fiona Shaw is as cool as I already thought she was. I already pictured this bitch being fucking just like refined as shit, you know, with some really nice wine or shampoo and see her in a MoMA over there. Like, would you look at the way the, the shades actually blend in with the textures over here? I swear, you know, it was the last 18th century piece that I looked at that really reminded me of. <laughs> you know, right. I, that's, that's what I expect to hear just to be a fly on the wall of Fiona Shaw's intellectual artistic conversations. That's probably really fun. Like, I'm sorry, I just had to say this out loud because <clears throat> I was thinking about it. Until it's disproven, I wouldn't be surprised if Fiona recommended the obscureness of the piece from Dido and Aeneas oh, for right. the thing. It's very possible that someone else was just like, I'm thinking really hard about this and this matters to me. And even even though it may not matter to most of the people that watch the show, but it would tickle me to no end if they had a different classical song. And she was like, oh, what if what if we use Dido, Linnaeus, and less, less composition when I'm laid in earth? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they all take turns ambition. taking a song that's not in the background and make it foreground. So like in series one, we had Villanelle playing the song where she danced for Constantinus' happy birthday. Oh, right. Where it was actually played, even though it was, it seemed like it was background, but it was actually music that was right. serious. And then we had uh, Sandra O, oh, or Eve Palashi, cooking, chopping, listening to like Kids in America in uh, series two. Really kids in right, America. Where we thought oh. it was music, but it was her radio, where she right, was just trying right. to drown out the noise of. All the stuff her head, just her survived. sapphic, her sapphic right. issues. And yes. here we are, episode two of series three, and we have Fiona Shaw just going through it, just trying to process alone until you know. And that's an aspect part. of life that's just absolutely true that people process all the time with music. You process your rage, your sadness, your elatedness at finding a new love or whatever, or what have you. And so I do like that the music in Killing Eve has always been in tandem with the scenes. Like you can't separate the two, whether you're, we're dealing with Unloved and all their super cool tracks that are just yes. like firmly <laughs> planted within our psyches for Villain Eve. But then also when they do choose other tracks, like you brought in the Kids in America or this, um, the opera for Fiona Shaw, where you like just, it seems like people are taking time of thinking about it, which makes sense because that's what people should do. But I'm just pleased because the last time I was displeased with a musical director was Solange for Issa <laughs> on Insecure. Oh, right. Just because she had pulled out so much obscure shit that you're like, this is a person who loves music. Yeah. Because that's the only way you find these obscure motherfuckers. And she got the motif right, too. I, yes, yeah, I applaud yeah. Solange. She, it, was, it was good. She, I was like, bitch, I, right. Second career? Or this is this is great. She used to read um I want to say the New York Times, this is too much of a tangent. For Filth where it's like, I mean, who are these guys you got reviewing these albums? Like it would be better if they were of the culture to be able to speak towards what makes the album great or not. And I was like, I was like, so much. It's almost like saying it's almost like saying we should have queer people review queer content. I don't know. I'm just saying 
only I, makes I, yes, sense. I mean, again, <laughs> options. <laughs> Her to pull it back in. There's two more questions from Fiona Shaw. Uh, what are some of your most memorable moments while filming? Her response, we laugh a lot. Only then to panic about running out of time on set. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I very much enjoyed filming the end of the season where we... My, my daughter on set, Gemma Whelan and myself. So you already tell me Thank that you. she makes it Thanks, to the Fiona. end Thank you. of the season. It was part of my muse right. to say that you definitely <laughs> couldn't go down in episode three, but now I know for sure. Thank you so much, Miss Shaw. Gemma Whelan and myself would sit around behind the scenes and exchange stories. I also loved my daily travel from oh. London to the Shires towards the end of the season. So that means that their bond gets stronger, at least towards the end. Because right now they could barely do two sentences to each other. Oh, but I think that'll be interesting to play because just as actors spend more time around each other, the comfort level adjusts. And right. I feel like all those little nuanced things would matter with these thespians. And so I'm just excited to see since y'all are sharing scenes right? later in the season, what are those fucking scenes? And do we potentially get to a place where Carolyn is not being as much of a dick to Geraldine for having feelings? Because all <laughs> we got in some slip of a clip was, Oh my God. I just thought of something to add to my music. <laughs> I'm going to just write it in my notes and bring it up later. But yes, okay. please, please okay. finish the article. Let's see where we are. I also love my daily travel from London to the Shires towards the end of the season. We filmed from late autumn into the winter. Seeing the landscape and seasons change gave me a real sense of the countryside. It was quite a privilege, even though I would complain about the long journeys. <laughs> <laughs> and the last, their last question, uh, where are you looking forward to traveling in the future? My dream is to visit Argentina or Chile. But I have to wait and instead go to Ireland once we are all free from this <laughs> lockdown to see my 94-year-old mother. Oh. oh. Then I'll, have, I'll head to see my two brothers who live in the south of France. If I have time between filming and family visits, I'll head to South America. Bitch, can I be in your suitcase? She's, I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to fly free. And I feel like Fiona got a big enough suitcase for me to fold my ass in there like Villanelle. Yeah, that's one. Listen, you, you, right that's past security, you'll be fine. Right, right? Just blend in. All right, well, that was a very delightful yes, article. Is I that, enjoyed it. Is yes. it all? Oh, I hadn't read that yet, so I really enjoy listening to it. This next revelation of mine, it's... <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm this petty. And it's really, there's not much content. There's not much to say about this revelation. It was something I actually saw on Twitter, but I just kind of wanted to give it more of a, of a place and then spot it on. And it was just a screenshot of Wikipedia and it was of all the actors for series three. And so we have Sandra Oh, Jodie Comer, Fiona Shaw, Kim Bodnia, Owen McDonald. And as you can see here, series one, series two, series three, main, 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 main. And Owen McDonald is the only one with guest. So listen, you guys, what this, re <laughs> what this reveals to me, to moi, is that Nico may not fucking die like we deserve, but this bitch ain't in the series like that. He's in there for one or two episodes. And I'm just going to say two because that was my original guest. First episode we see. Last episode we see him in when Villanelle's on her fuck shit. So... I just want to say, let that be a revelation to you all. I'm sorry, Nico Hive. He has limited scenes in series three, and I'm so happy that his stash will not be torturing me for more than two to three episodes tops. And three is generous. So maybe if we watch the title card, if title cards continue, we will know which episode will feature. Oh, right. Because he will. Oh, you think we're going to get that intro again? The same? Well, uh, I guess that remains to be seen. That's actually uh, a muse. So I'll leave that yeah, there. Yeah, we will. For later. Wait, right. 
you know, Suzanne, uh, it's, you know, in Suzanne, we trust. Right. That's, that's, that's going to be the hashtag until, uh, yeah, we got to start, the last we got to start drops. flooding the, the timeline with that before Sunday comes. All right. Um, I think I want to put that towards the music, but before I go there, um, I will mention that there is an article from the Hollywood reporter.com, mm. which also has a podcast linked to their article that Suzanne Heathcote uh, <laughs> Suzanne Heathcote uh, took part in <sighs> and her segment in the podcast is the showrunner spotlight and that begins mm-hmm. at around the 27 minute mark cool. and the podcast is called Top TV's Top 5 which is the Hollywood Reporter. I guess that is their mm. That's their thing. Yeah, their dedicated yeah. thing. So if you have some minutes to uh, blow with them, you can go over to Minute 27 and listen to Susanna with her take on what it was like, you know, taking over the reins of a woman-led show and, you know, driving it into her, forging her own lane mm. in the midst of a fandom that has their oh, desires. The fandom is so, intense. Right. And- <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's not for the light of heart. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give her that. So we just have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings right. and you don't create obsessive shows if you don't want people to have that torrent that too. happening. Were there any standouts that you wanted to mention from the, the podcast that you heard yourself or? Well, I mean, there was, I'll say that what I've heard, there were some highs. I don't want to say that there were some critiques, but you know, critiques of what she said or critiques. Maybe there's a way she's explaining the process that I'm not interpreting Mm. properly where she'll say something strongly to the lines of, you know, we can't just want Villanelle to speak in an accent. There has to be a purpose for it. And it's things like that where it's like, but you're not talking about Eve. (laughs) Oh, oh, so me noticing things like that is just my thing of, I feel like Eve's being counted out of a lot of these you know what I hope it's not and just from a, a realistic intellectual perspective because we've talked about this before even when I always go on and on about how there's just not a lot of diversity of story for the ethnic cultures within mm. POC or blackness in particular which leaves all the island people and all the Spanish speaking people literally we are left out of having any type of cultural permeation into pop culture or things like this because we're all just sort of considered as this monolithic thing and then when someone tries to do something we get that Luke Cage nonsense right. where nothing actually sounds like it's from the islands no one did any research no one did anything and so this is you know what like I said I will save my intellectual thoughts about this until it's done and I can evaluate and meditate marinate all that stuff on the things I just hope it's not a something that would be realistic and I'm not sure actually that's something I can look into for the next thing like what the writing room looks like are there any Asian people in there because well I would just think it'd be a little easier for someone of a certain cultural background to potentially add things if you're having a hard time which is why writers team should look that way if you got a cast that looks diverse bitch it has diverse sexualities diverse genders diverse cultural background whatever you need a diverse fucking writing room so that the authenticity hits if you don't have that and you have most people coming from a certain demographic or background and you're trying to write for characters that are outside of that you might suffer some gaucheries so again i don't know what that's that's what that is i just know that there's realities and who people identify with more and sometimes it's easier to write for a character you identify with more i don't know that remains to be seen but that's interesting that you said that yeah so i mean again you can listen to i did feel like I gained a perspective by listening to this Harley okay. Reporter um, re- 
interview, but I just couldn't help but notice what was not mentioned. And those are those are things that I have to pay attention to because when you tell me a scene's supposed to be about a thing and I can't read that, right? Then maybe there is a something to look into process wise. And what what are you hoping is enough? Right. And maybe now you're learning that that's not enough, and you're gonna put more into the beats, perhaps. Depending. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but it's your process and. This is your journey, your growth. This is your ship and you're steering it. And we're down for the ride and we're having a good time. We so, are having a good time. Again, hashtag and Suzanne, we trust. And you know what? That's it for Her that writing article. style is very different from Emerald's. I can tell that already. And I'm not, I like different. And I think that certain aspects of the show have returned to a more of an, um, an original vibe in terms of their approach of the story. Other things are completely and entirely absurd. But I'm enjoying that too because I like different, I like fresh. Right. And it just remains to be seen what happens. And part of me, the part that has all the clown makeup on, is still hoping that they're trolling me about Eve. That they're trying to keep something about her. So locked up tight. And you know me desperately, clown makeup. Dark Eve rising! That Listen. they are living limiting what people say or that they put a directive out there to say don't really discuss Eve like that because we need for this to be a mad surprise and we've only given the journalists up to this episode and this shit happens in episode seven so we gotta have it be like we trending bitch because holy shit so I'm there which is why I said literally clown makeup contour all fucking fleek to the end of the series and I am yelling in postseason snacks for who knows how long because I didn't get what I want but I'm not there I'm not there by far I mean we seen her yell at the at the wake the, the social gathering for, for Kenny, we we will see eventually her fight with the snack machine. Like, so, like, we're getting some We're getting signs. a decline. Right. We're getting a decline. And I, I'm hoping and thinking that how Eve handles this altercation with Villanelle will bus. be a further indication. Right. Because whatever it's going to be, it's going to be real different from the last two. Oh, we're seeing each other for the first time this series. So I'm just, I'm super excited to see what that is looking like. And because Suzanne seems like she's less polarized with how she is trying to frame the relationship of even Villanelle. In terms of last series, we had a lot of core concepts that felt like they were, okay, we're going to beat this over the head. Right. Like addiction, addiction, consent. Right. Like right. we're going to talk about these things and we're going to hammer it in. And so each writer has their own directive of like what they're trying to do or what is the thing that they're trying to like hammer home, I guess, for the season. And I feel like Emerald's things and wants were very different than what Suzanne is interested in just because they're two different women. So, of course, they're going to have interest. Right, right. And so far, I'm liking what I see. So, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going, I'm not going to go in until I see there's a reason to. But just trust, you guys, that it will happen if I if I see any suspect shit afoot. It's just, just, I don't see it yet. Right. Not yet. So, that was it for the Hollywood Reporter article. Okay. Uh, let me see if I've got any more revelations here. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. So this revelation is another little ridiculous thing, which I'm doing a lot this episode because I'm just giddy as shit for the next episode. And this revelation, all y'all already know, of course, but I just want to point it out again because it makes me laugh, is that all of Villanelle's exes want to kill her. If they're still alive, <laughs> if they are still alive, if they I want the smoke. get your grubbles, no one nope. can. <laughs> If I can't get this old bitch, catch these hands. That's the energy. Because when we look at Nadia, remember Nadia? <laughs> 
Nadia sees Villanelle first thing. She's like, bitch, we are about to scrap. We about you to fight. did something with your hair. You remember fucking Anna? Do you remember how calm and chill Anna was the entire time Eve was talking to her? Up until Eve gets to the end and she's like, listen, okay, so I just think you need to know that Villanelle's actually alive and we we think she's in Moscow. We think she's here in Russia and she might come to see you. Oh. And here's here's Anna. No, she's how's, dead. No, no. She's like, she's like no, that's not. Because Eve told her like she's not alive. She's like, well, how is she? I remember Eve was like, well, I don't, I don't fucking know how that bitch is. And here's Anna. <laughs> and Eve immediately is like, Okay, so you said that you had resolved everything about Villanelle, but clearly the passion is still here, the passion and intrigue. And so I just think Villanelle, do you think she ever thinks about that? <laughs> about her exes where she's like, oh shit, every single fucking ex of mine wants to murder me if I have not already murdered them. So whatever, it's not really a revelation, but I just feel like it needs to be mentioned and called out that Villanelle is such peak gay drama that all of her exes want her dead. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying in the alternate universe, this version of the L word is something I would watch right. in which there are murders and kidnappings and insanities. Hey, Showtime. I would time. do that. Hey, hey, Showtime. Hey, Maybe Showtime's not the right one. Maybe we should oh, be like, hey, stars. Hey, stars. <laughs> hey. Not interested in trusting HBO at this time because I'm still upset uh-huh. about Game of Thrones and no. But stars, y'all always looking for content. And if you want to kind of make it a sci-fi procedural, I mean, I'm not, I won't be mad at that either. Did you say sci-fi procedural, sir? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm never upset at a sci-fi thing. Usually not procedural, so I'm not... I'm not mad. Oh, and it could be like a gay Twin Peaks. Sorry. <laughs> That's just, I just wanted to put that out there. A queer Where's Twin, the gay Peaks? Twin Peaks. Right. Where, Where is, is it? it? No, seriously. No, we just paused and thought about that <laughs> and maybe we should work on it. Okay. Yes. All so right. on to the next. The next revelation, this will be uh, the loaded uh, description for the episode that is coming on on Sunday episode three episode three meetings have biscuits <laughs> which is that's a name it's a name that's like I I, can, I who get do you think that? says it who do you think says it uh Carolyn sorry that was just my immediate guess I meetings like have biscuits. that it's I just, Carolyn. Carolyn yeah that's all I got I, I don't really know anyone else go with your means agent it. Jahari <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> He might say it, but I, don't, <laughs> but I don't know if he's up to getting lines to say the episode title. But oh, he's I, about to die. No, sorry, no, I but didn't I think say he. Would, no, I'm saying he's oh, about to die. Okay. It's me. I'm saying that's he's me. Gonna, he gonna make I know it. you want him to live. I know. I'm saying he's he gonna, gonna die, so he might get some extra lines next episode. We you know right. he's talking to Eve, oh, so he's he about to get all he, his if lines. If he starts saying his backstory. I'm gonna okay. Just... <laughs> if he is not in SAG or after, he will be after this next episode. My wife. You know, I only took this job, you know, to to make sure that I could pay for. You know, some operation or her sister oh. fell down like. Oh, wait, some now we were in Frank right. bullshit? My sister's addicted, so I gotta, you know, pay, pay her medical bills and I'm Lord. doing this job. Right, that's gonna be his. And then I'm like, oh, he's getting too much backstory. Oh, he's definitely going down. <laughs> he's, de- right. he's going down. All right, here's the synopsis they have Villanelle agrees to a job which will take her back to London. Carolyn's Moscow contacts come in use when Eve and the Bitter Pill team unravel a potential lead to the 12. Mm. Constantine finds himself under pressure from all sides. See? See? <laughs> this is more of what I'm saying with Constantine. You got your hands in too many pots. Of course you get pressure from all sides. You're about to get crushed. Indiana Jones style. You better watch out, Daddy K. 
don't know what's going on with you. Don't let it be you that's siphoning money out from. Oh, I feel like it's him. Because think about it. Okay, there's a chance that it's not him, but that's another character Suzanne has to bring in, explain, and then tell us what they're doing. It's easier if it's Constantin, who has had enough of the 12, who had a hit put out on him by the 12, by his own bitch that he trained and was a handler for. Now that's rude. They could have gave that job to any other hoe who definitely wouldn't have had as much of a hard time as Villanelle. But they were like, actually, we want Constantine taken out by his own person. That's what we want. And so technically, if you're Constantine, you've been jerked around by everybody for the past, who knows how much time has passed, but series. And for whatever reason, you decide to get back in the bullshit. Maybe you're like those people, those criminals who are like, I'm back in the bullshit just so I can set myself up so I never have to be back here again. And so let me just take this little piece over here, this little piece over there. No one's paying attention, but actually someone is paying attention. And I would love if they weren't aware that someone was taking money until they were aware of Kenny watching stuff and looked at what Kenny was looking at to be like, oh, wait, what? He found money moving. (sighs) Anyway, that was a mini muse inside of a revelation, but I just wanted to say. But it it had to be done because that is going to be delicious. The only other person they could pin that on would be maybe Dasha. And it's like, oh, Oh. maybe that's how she got this apartment. And it's like, I feel like Dasha needs to know more about tech to do that. And she doesn't seem like she's in a demo to be super techie. I mean, yeah, I don't think she has the brains, but I don't think she's. Because no no grandma's out here hacking. Right. I don't think, (laughs) but I don't think she's without access to brains. Oh, she means, so she's got a minion. She's She's, got a minion. She's looking good. What a bitch can shop. Somebody's keeping her looking good. The 12. I would love for it to be the 12 legit. But I feel like she could find Or she could be murdering people, stealing their money, and then buying her fashion, which would work for me as well. I'm into that. Right. I mean, it keeps her limber. (laughs) Hey, something's got to keep the bitch limber. Listen, hey. All right. So that was a tantalizing synopsis. I guess before we get into our clips, which are the last of revelations here for the upcoming episode, I must say this revelation really pertains to something I said in a previous episode about my guesses for what was going to be happening with Villanelle in the scene in one of the trailers. If you guys remember, she's wearing like an apron and it has like a heart in there. She's also wearing that shirt where it looks like there's a vintage pattern and she's competing. And you guys, I think I might have to switch my whole goddamn Nico theory around about this shit because of the new information. I know. So there's an article that is out in InStyle published on the 15th of April and it was entitled What Killing Eve Season 3 Looks Reveal About Villanelle's Mysterious Backstory. So it starts out saying Killing Eve's Villanelle isn't just a morbidly creative assassin with a twisted sense of humor. She's also television's best dressed criminal. Over two seasons and a third now underway on BBC America, actress Jodie Comer has appeared in dozens of absurd guises and show-stopping looks. Who among us didn't press pause to admire that gossamer Molly Goddard confection near the end of season one? Or consider investing in pop art pajamas. Listen, you know why I'm mad with them saying pop art pajamas because that's a very specific pattern that was just only really found in the UK unless you tried to do some work like me to just recreate it in Adobe Illustrator. But we would love, we would love to be able to get those pajamas if if the BBC slash AMC would ever decide to. Right. Merchandise, just throwing it out there. But they're like, whether she's calmly pursuing a hit or lounging around her opulent new flat, Villanelle always dresses to kill. So they go into some statements and things from Perry, who is the new costumer for Killing Eve, picking up from the two previous designers, including our beloved Charlotte. And he says that Villanelle can go from being powerful to vulnerable to unhinged within a few outfits. And that he wanted to show her emotional journey through her outfits of this season. But at the same time, remind the audience that she is a young woman who enjoys fashion. (laughs) Well, yes, we will never not be reminded of that. (laughs) Right. 
So through his statements, as he was talking about trying to like tell her story through her clothes, he kind of gave away some details for future episodes. For the clown outfit, he says, I was very keen for Villanelle's clown outfit to have an element of fun as well as style to it. At the same time, it needed to freak the kids out. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but nothing about that clown outfit was going to freak kids out any more than they would already be freaked right. out by it's a clown. A clown. It's a, you don't need to check the colors, the size of the shoe, or how wide the stripes are. Stripes versus polka dots? No, the very nature of the clown existing at the party is enough. And right. I don't even know why Villanelle had to scream to get them to run away because my mom can attest to that party I tell you about because I will never forget it. Never forget it because of how quickly I left the scene with my friends. Clown came out like, hello, boys and girls. And literally he wasn't done with his sentence, Terrence, before the whole shit vacated the premises. And the parents had their groceries of like, well, I thought kids liked clowns and that they didn't know that we all watched yeah. it. So right. that was, See? That, was that was the problem. But yeah. <laughs> Life comes at you fast when it you do. watch horror films in single digits. <laughs> so I don't know about freaking the kids out, but okay. And he adds that Villanelle puts lots of effort into getting her kill costumes right. And we definitely know that. Yep. And that because she has a natural style that she can't help but add extra little details, even though she's just disguising herself for work. He mentions how Villanelle is very much influenced in her style by the place she travels to, but never just dresses to fit in. That she enjoys being extravagant and unpredictable in her choices. Yes, 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 okay. yes. This is all information that we kind of had. Now, I again, I don't know how you guys feel or even, I mean, I know Terrence knows how I feel about this <laughs> thing. And that's just because I have a certain thing about flowers on your clothes like I don't like that's not me that's not where it's happening and if right. I was going to have a flower on my clothes it would be a sapphic themed flower potentially inspired by or a piece from Georgia O'Keeffe because I just don't see the point of having lilies or carnations on my bosom on my body I don't see that ever being something I want to do but here's the quote he has on the streets of Barcelona in the interior of her flat Villanelle favors bold often floral inspired prints I wanted to invoke the blistering heat in her Barcelona outfits he says this also gave me a great opportunity to use strong colors and patterns in her dresses. They include a long sleeve, floor length dress from the vampire's wife, which Perry suggests has a hint of flamenco in its ruffles. I, I'm sorry, that, that must be the Latin in me coming out because I'm like a hint of flamenco. I, so is that a ruffle? Is a ruffle a hint of flamenco? You know what a flamenco dress look like, right? Yes. So I, I guess a hint is a ruffle. I guess that's what that means. <laughs> he means a real hint. So I look at me googling flamenco dress just to make sure oh, I'm no. not being. You, you you got it. It's like where it flows, like you can throw it. No, no, and... I, I was like, no, I'm uh -huh, not. Because right, you yep, gotta, uh -huh. you you can put a whole message yes, in the flamenco dress. You can. That was one of my mom's other careers. You guys was a professional dancer. So the way just... how her bride was throwing her dress, I'd have been like, well, okay, uh -huh, that's more of the that's more of a hint. Can you feel the beat within my heart? Can you feel the sunshine through the dark? I don't know why that club song came in. So I, I mean, again, that's. For me personally, I don't know. How do you feel about the flower prints? I just don't like them. I'm just not into them. I mean, if you do a singular look, then we'll get through the look and it's over. She's. I just don't know that Villanelle would buy multiple flower prints. And that could be my projection of her fashion. But I've generally rocked with everything Jody has put on as oh, Villanelle yeah. up until one, this season. So, two, right, right. You know, and those sandals. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I guess it depends on what they're doing with her plot. Maybe Where are my boots? Sorry. Right? I'm just wondering when when will I get my first pair of Jody boots? Maybe this where? is maybe this is Eve's when? effect where they're like Ooh, I like Villanelle that. Villanelle was like hard that. this whole time. She was hard. And now she's she out here wearing flowers and shit. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do like that. And so well, yeah. 
Especially if she was trying to fake the funk and lie to herself about life being its best. She's like, life is so fucking good for me right no, now. My, my future wife, my fiance, I'm a body's flowers. A flower dress. All right. I will take that because I prefer that interpretation. Okay. Where was I? A uh, hint of a flamenco. <laughs> yes, sir. You, you are correct. And wanting to evoke the blistering heat. I, 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 it didn't come across. It did not come across. It, unfortunately, for me, did not come across. I didn't get that until you read it. Granted, the last time I was in Barcelona, the people I was hanging with were not, they were so opposite from the Villanelle scene, like so opposite. They were squatting in an abandoned villa. I'll say villa because it's, you know, mansion, words like that are weird in parts of Europe, but it was like that, where things you get away with shit like that, where you're just like, I'm an artist living life. There's this abandoned big old thing and there's a bunch of us sitting here doing stuff and I was like, what y'all up to? And so there was some party, there's some things done, but I just, I didn't, it did not come across to me, the blistering heat of Spain. Real quick, if you had to pick an outfit that would give off blistering heat, what would you do? Does anything um, come to mind? I would probably have bare sleeves. Mm -hmm. I would no long sleeves, right, absolutely right. right. Yeah, ooh, right. Cause they um, it sticks to you. It would probably be less layers in the fabric. Um, and a part of me keeps is going to not even like Dash is doing that blistering heat because she wears it's almost like jumpsuits. And even though that could it doesn't be, look like summer in Barcelona, right, it does not just because they're not dressing like for the heat. Right. So <laughs> like, is it 90 over there or I, it, it doesn't come across as blistering heat? It doesn't. It does not. Were, if that's what they were going for, yeah, we unfortunately did not right. get it. Sorry. Sorry to that plot or subplot or whatever that is. As the article continues, he adds that she is such a chameleon. Perry says, including as the character slips between conventionally masculine and feminine silhouettes. I suppose I would remove conventionally masculine because right. what is conventional about a woman wearing preordained masculine clothes I think I mean but that's just sort of my whole idea for misandry anyway that you can't just flip something it's like when we talk about people changing characters that used to be men and just making them women and saying well look here's your representation well, it's like well if she was informed and envisioned as a woman we're actually gonna have some fucking problems here with the characterization if you don't change it and so I don't know that I would say Villanelle's conventionally masculine I would just say she has masculine energy Right. Big strap energy, without right. a doubt. And it says, before ditching her poor clueless bride at their reception, Villanelle suited up in a black jacket with tails. In another upcoming episode, she gets up to all manner of mischief in a three-piece pinstripe suit. I think that's the suit we've been seeing on the bus. Oh. Or we're speculating, the gray suit. Right, 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 right. On the bus and where she buys the, the teddy bear. Perry describes the loose-fitting androgynous looks as Villanelle's take on casual wear. Well, if casual wear is what she wants to wear, then why the trying... With the florals. Maybe that's really for the front. So it's like an outfit Well, it's for almost you, like they're saying me. Villanelle prefers masculine to be masculine of center when she's casual, but feminine when she's not. And I, I would say that's not true because um, I was about to scream, but I really held it in just now because I'm like, Candace, Candace, you need to save that voice for Sunday. Bill! Sorry. Sorry. No, right. Because Sorry. That that outfit. jacket right that bitch looked like she was going to prom right. she was like i'm going to prom eve is dressed up i'm dressed up bitch i'm gonna get a dance tonight and bill was like skirts <laughs> excuse me ma'am <laughs> ma'am where'd you get that fucking scarf you're, from you're touching me is what you're doing she's like oh you about to you you gonna die <laughs> not only for disrupting my date do you not see this outfit and so that's where i would, I would say because that wasn't casual that wasn't comfort it was dressed she to was kill she, thank you for the eyeballs when and also actually to actually kill. to kill right. now maybe when she's dressing to blend for work maybe that's right. when she's softer right but i'm like okay well all right all right 
And we'll, so we'll agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree uh, here. Costume designer for series three. I we'll mean. agree to disagree here. The rest of that sentence was, even as the character resembles an old school gangster on the clock. Just, okay, that takes me aback because it don't. I just... Maybe they're maybe they're this referring is not to the, an the Emma Stone gray. period piece. <laughs> Wait, you said Emma Stone. I mean, she's she's always in a period piece. Like you could just pick one. Gangster. It's true. It's she, true. Emma Stone probably did a gangster one too. I and if she can't. did, she's it's coming out. <laughs> it soon. is coming it's out. Coming soon. out soon. She did the read for it. She, she was great. Lord. All right. So I'm gonna just get to the bit before we have any more ghostries about this of what I was referring to. That was part revelation here. Episode five. We get details. So it starts saying the closest we come to discovering the real Villanelle is in episode five. And I am concerned with that statement. I have to tell you guys, I am very concerned by that statement. And I can only hope that it is from the mouth of the article writer and or Perry and not actually someone to do with the creative direction of the show. Because what the fuck does that mean? The closest we come to discovering the real Villanelle. Now, all I want to say is just before, because this is, we're talking about episode five. We're talking about this thing we've already known is coming around with Villanelle meeting her family who's left. Are you more real you, your family you, or I have have an issue with that statement because we get to see her within the context of her family members who don't know her or certainly who she is now we get to see the real her that's no if anything you regress when you're around family because a little bit right right you regress right i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you you off but you're real you that's you being your childish you're right your your derivative where you came from and then you fight to get out of it so that you can reclaim your adulthood to be like you know what yes you can take me there but i'm I can grow past this. And you know what? If it's volatile, I don't need to deal with this. I'll catch you when I feel like dealing with you. So is this person just Jody's costume designer? Because Eve is not mentioned at all, which is a part of the things that I keep. I'm like, does she even have one at this point? Or are they they just like, here to trailer with the, with the Dockers, man. It's from last season too. (laughs) And here's Sandra. Oh, like it's a good thing. These paychecks real good. Cause what the fuck? Right. So, so, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know. Because we haven't seen a single goddamn article. Someone's like, I dressed Eve in these Dockers from 1874. <laughs> Dockers didn't exist then, but still, these Dockers are from then. <laughs> okay, so the statement continues. We come the closest to discovering the real Villanelle in episode five when she makes a journey of self-discovery. Quote, the outfit Villanelle wears when confronting her past is a real mashup of clashing colors and patterns, Perry says. The apron she wears over top, featuring a heart decal front and center, was fashioned at the last minute from an old 80s skirt and belongs to someone close to Villanelle. Perry says, Jody liked the idea of having something of that character's for the scene, so actually the apron was her idea, says the designer. The overall effect of the outfit is to show a bit of the chaos and craziness that she is dealing with eternally. If so that was my deep pause as I was marinating I, on it. I'm, um, I'm, this article so far is not reading as someone who is a fan of the show. It is reading as someone who was is a drawing fan of Villanelle? In, or is a fan of dressing, jo- dressing Jody Right, right, yeah. right. Actually, so, yeah. Actually, yeah. And that, so this is them and their dreams and wishes and hopes. And it's out of context because they don't understand the story. They just know this person's always pretty on camera. And that's all they know casually um yeah so okay i'm gonna just finish this out before we yeah so the last paragraph says more than anything villanelle makes life as a serial murderer look like the most glamorous job on earth and she seems to relish dressing the part quote i think it's a fleeting pleasure perry says of the enjoyment villanelle reaps from fashion you so we so so this is what happens you get to work on killing eve and add your fan fiction of what you think the character doing because someone's asking you questions okay because what watch this whole article be in corrections (laughs) 
<laughs> we out here in Revelations talking about actually retroactively, this is a correction. And he says, quote, she feels that she deserves nice things because she has worked so hard for them, end quote. But the material possessions she leaves behind every time she moves to a new city don't feel the void she feels inside, Perry says. As suits any epic near fatal love affair, the only thing that can make her feel complete is Eve. All right, that's the only God, that's the only good One goddamn sentence. sentence in the thing. One. The only thing, the last sentence. And At least it ended. It, it ended, The last right? word of the last sentence in this interview, interrogation, this article, this fan fiction was Eve. That's it. I just think it's interesting since Emerald spent all that time last season building up the fact and creating these analogies of possession, of ownership, of what actually attracts Villanelle, what makes her bored versus what makes her interested in pretty things, whether they're living things or inanimate objects interest Villanelle. I mean, you know, maybe it's the use of the word fleeting because I'm like, I think she always wants to buy new stuff. But if we look at her closet that Eve went in and busted and she kept her shit, she wasn't like, I bought this dress, this Molly Goddard, and I'm done. I'm done with the dress. I'm just ready to throw it in the trash. It was in her boudoir. It was, it was in her, her It was in her armoire. So I don't know. If it's fleeting, I think her sex is fleeting because the way she'd be disposing <laughs> of people. She, right. Remember Sebastian? She Lord. was still on top of that motherfucker and she was done in her eyes. You could see it. So I don't know, but that's just, we obviously all have our own interpretations and readings into Villanelle. So ours just differs from his. And well, there it is. But that's the end of that. So that is the revelation, you guys, that I thought the theatrics of Villanelle having blood in her eyes and stuff would have been reserved for Nico or potentially Eve, but it looks like it's neither. And it's reserved for this family that we will meet probably just to watch them get murdered and see how that goes. And so I, I no longer think, I mean, I don't know because that shirt, let me pull it up. Isn't this the same pattern of the shirt she's wearing in that thing where it looks like she's like doing a fair or whatever? And we thought she was with Nico. I, I think it looks like the same shirt, which right. is why I was saying potentially Nico's house. So now we are on a new track. I'm going to leave it to the musings. Who knows if we're going to make it this week or the next. I'm going to just say that clearly I have to reassess whether or not Villanelle ever sees Nico's face because now I don't think she does. Like maybe she doesn't. Like maybe she never sees Nico. Maybe she doesn't go over there. Maybe it's fucking Dasha that goes to visit Nico on behalf of the 12 to murk his ass. Because she doesn't want Villanelle Ooh. to have that drama because Villanelle already said she wasn't going to have the drama. Because why fuck with Nico unless you know Eve is alive? And if Eve is alive, there's still a piece of chance she could get what she wants. So she's not going to murk Nico anyway. So if they need Nico to get murked because of Eve fucking with the 12, that's a Dasha job. And since Harry Walters has already hinted that we may get to see her actually commit a real-time murder, not a past-time murder, maybe that is Nico. It would be more fun for us to watch her kill Nico than just a random somebody when she is clearly managing and that's Villanelle's thing. So what would she step out and do that Villanelle could not do that she potentially doesn't want Villanelle to know she's doing in the first place? Kill Nico. I could see that. That's that's random. It's on the end there from a revelation, but that's because everything's gone. Everything's gone. That whole scenario that I thought could happen, gone. Delete it. Delete it from your life. This is both a revelation and correction, you guys. So there it is. Villanelle is playing games with blood in her eyes with her family members and good Lord. Just let that be a great episode, please. Since it's the real Villanelle. For real, right? I just want to say, I thought the real Villanelle was prison Villanelle, but I'm going to lead off of the musing. Because according to what Jody said, where she said Villanelle was most herself, was when she was actually in her home country in prison. And so for me personally, the most Villanelle is jail. The mischievousness, the high flirting, the threats of violence, the spontaneous fights, all of that shit. Right. And my most Villanelle is um, her second kill. Where the phone or something gets thrown at her forehead and she's angry. Well, I'll take that too. Yeah, I would. Yeah. 
when so she many is questions. when she's angry and bored in Berlin. And why that's such a perfect and favorite kill of mine is for the woman in the bus. Yes, she was like, who looking up at the murder? She's like, Miss Sandri. Hey, ma. So, um, <laughs> what you want for Dan? Dan? What you want for Dan? Right. I love it. All right, guys. So to close out these revelations, we are going to go one by one down the clips that we got for what's the what's the episode title? I, I feel like it's all meetings like, have biscuits. All meetings have biscuits. So it's something very very yes. Close to episode it. three of series three. This episode is brought to you by AMC Premiere. They fucked us up over series two, especially around episode five and episode six. But then they got this stuff back in order. Right, Lord. All right, so we finally got this clip queued up, and let us play. These are different from last week. These are the actual opening minutes, evidently, according to the title of the clip. Villanelle in her Chucky outfit with a tuna fork. So we got nice wide shots of the hills of España. Andalusia. Is that what that said? That's all She's like, this flat. Yo, I already like this right. bitchy bitch, John. <laughs> she said, bitch, this piano is worth a lot of fucking money. I don't know what you heard. So, okay, damn, ho. I'm about to kill you, though, in like five minutes, because that was rude. It sounds like I got a new piano for my apartment. You mean her villa, her palace? Right, her palace. <laughs> she back to playing the notes like, this bitch really want to die. Are they not going to give me a shot of her fingers on the piano? I just want to see her fingers on the piano. Oh, she's. it sounds like she was waiting until the woman would go upstairs to then get to business, so then she could just sneak up on her with a tuna fork. I just really like Jody's hands. A lot of oh. wide shots that are Stanley Kubrick inspired and in that they need to be symmetrical. Why is everybody living in these giant houses? Oh, this music Wealth is... inequality in España? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I love how your thing is so much louder than mine. I don't even... Look at, look at the wave. <laughs> I have to bring that down. So, yeah, that clip ends with Villanelle <laughs> aiming her tuning fork like she's about to throw a dart into the woman's head. And I'm like, girl, a couple of questions here. <laughs> I'm really curious to see Villanelle's accuracy on this because a tuning fork is sharp, not that sharp, especially because she has her limited velocity from her arm. It's like to kill someone or at least do some immediate damage, that tuning fork needs to go someplace soft and cushiony like the eyeball. Because I don't believe she has enough force to penetrate skin and bone with that thing right i agree i almost want her to be distracted at the last moment before it's supposed to dislodge from her hand and maybe that's when she peeps the baby but the baby is in a room that has like baby stuff in it this woman seems to be in like an artistic room where she's just trying to compose and here comes villanelle to fuck up her artistic creation and since the 12 was out here killing decent people because the last person they said that was killed in spain was an agitator and i'm like okay that sounds like someone trying to fight for the people or something that's not good i agree it's not good so uh, then who's this composer? Did they refuse to write oh, a I, I have to say, though, I liked her energy. She was like, okay, bitch, um, but did you wash your hands? And Villanelle tried to give it a cute smile. And clearly this woman, she was like, oh, no, no, that doesn't work on me. I don't have the time. This piano is older than your entire family history. So why don't you 
fucking go wash your hands. And <laughs> Philadelphia's like, I already, I washed them. Damn, girl. Like, I would have just courtesy washed my hands if, like, I was trying to appease. She was like, was well, like, your jumper, your jumper does not yeah. inspire me. Right. It looks <laughs> like you're slumming it, bitch. And I just need to make sure you actually know how to tune a piano. I wonder if Villanelle actually does well, if she was faking a funk. Like, she watched a YouTube me. video. Uh, she probably watched a YouTube video and was like... <laughs> <laughs> tapping the note said what she heard in the youtube video talk about oh this tone is a little off and she's like literally literally i called you because the tone is off why are you telling me things that i already know do you even know how to play the piano ma'am so i think she was suspecting that she was about to get bamboozled by villanelle and she ends up dead so i guess that's kind of correct so this next clip up is conceivably the aftermath of villanelle with this tuna fork she's in a new outfit she's at a cafe with dosh and i'm like why do you have this baby why why do you have this baby but i was very tickled so is this uh is this uh the show giving us the fans the gaby that we wanted is that what this is no because that gaby ends up in the trash so that's uh, not what we want well, that's that's right. the opposite right. of what right. save the gays take them in don't put them in the trash can that's where assholes put them already take them out and love them nurture them right, let's play this really quick and then talk about it Oh, quick thank you to Simona and Learned Hand and Bleentastic, all of y'all, for sending me this clip to make sure I fucking saw it so I could be as feral as you guys apparently want me to be in these recordings. Audio's a little funky for the first part of it, but yeah. So we see Villanelle playing with this baby's fucking bonnet at a table. And this baby has a perfect curl, like a cartoon baby. It's You're ridiculous. focused and manic for days. I'm just having some fun. I don't like it. <laughs> no, no, stop that. I don't like it. You would think after your last managerial disaster, you would want to keep your head down. Honestly, it Bill, no. It is not my fault he was an idiot. Keep telling them to look harder for good recruits. But what can you do? <laughs> so Dasha just got hit in the face. You think that's funny? By the baby. <gasps> And Villanelle does think it's funny because she's like, yes, yes, little perfect little baby. Dasha, this is wrong. This is wrong. Look at this little dumpling. Little Butterball is getting carried off with their little cute bonnet, little adorable bonnet, to the trash can. What to me is surprising about this whole sequence is that nobody noticed her put the baby into the trash can. Also, that face Villanelle's making as Dasha walks back. You will yourself go crazy, but I will not have you put both of our futures at risk. I'm the one doing all the You think handling you isn't work? Why you think no one else is prepared to do it? Bad pension scheme. She right about that. You know, jobs will get tougher. And they will not let you get away with being sloppy. Sloppy. I mean, I would disagree that Villanelle is sloppy. She's reckless when she wants to be. The last person to call... Villanelle sloppy was Jess. So I didn't need it to be taken back there. Because Why are you I, taking us back to Jess? Lord. The word used was sloppy. So I don't know what kind of reaction Dasha was going for. <laughs> I, uh, to get under her skin, because Dasha's already annoyed that Villanelle thinks and, in my opinion, has superseded Dasha's talent and stuff. And so she's already in her feels about this whole thing. And it looks okay. to me, like I, like I said before, that Villanelle stole the child. She just took it for shits and giggles. <laughs> is going to give like her report of whatever happened after the mission and brings the baby. And Dasha's like, what the fuck is this? Bitch, what the fuck is this? You said you handled the baby yesterday. Oh, I did. I, I just thought maybe I could keep the, <laughs> the child around for a little bit. I mean, just, just want to have a little fun, a little entertainment. I'm just having fun. And that's probably why Dasha's like, bitch, you've been manic for days. This doesn't make any sense. 
God, this is why nobody wants to be your fucking handler, Villanelle. And that makes sense. All you have to do is hear the story about Anton and Constantine to not be a bitch handler. Ugh, okay, but that was a very adorable scene. I'm excited to see what precedes that in the aftermath. Like, again, did no one in that area see, see the, baby, the woman right? with the baby? Come on. Also, shout out to Dasha's cleavage in there. She was like, listen, the girls still need attention. And here they are in cat print, <laughs> of course. Okay, so this next clip is Eve and Agent Mo. <laughs> chatting on the street about stuff. I did see on this tweet that it was referenced in that the person thought that this was the scene that happened before the reunion on the bus. But I'm fairly certain when Eve is screaming with a bruise on her head, she has on a navy blue shirt, right? Like it's not. I also feel like that shirt was navy blue. I'm sure you guys will let us know if we're fucking wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's navy blue. And so I would imagine that this conversation with Mo happens on a different day. Then what happens with the fight, and especially because Villanelle will have to get from Barcelona to England to start this drama with Eve, it's possible we see Eve in life with Carolyn, with Mo, doing whatever the fuck they doing. And Mo's like, listen, bitch, uh, I'm with Carolyn on her side, checking things out, but you're, you're alone and you're not even like employed by anyone. So maybe at least get some mace. Maybe get some mace and take a self-defense class. And Eva's like, I don't need any of your advice. Thank you very much. All right, let's play the clip. The thing is, we can't trace the account. Well, yeah. You don't set up an account in Geneva for transparency. But you could trace it, right? Oh, he got a little into the phone. That was a deal, wasn't it? Or did Charlie Big Potatoes change his mind because he didn't get a hobnob? Come on, we're in this together. Are we? Because no one else is having to work at MI6 whilst moonlighting for Carolyn. And now you want me to trace you take this job thinking it would be easier? Ooh, get him. If you did, quit now. Because it's only getting tougher. Mm. She said, bitch, get your shit together. Oh, and, uh... Eve. I love it, Eve. That's who we think has been on the hit list so far. Oh! I've been going through the... Eve just walked away. ...you and Kenny worked on. You really should have some kind of protection. You know that, right? Do you have any idea what happens to people who are protected by MI6? Well, they fucking die. <laughs> Yo! It's not good. Oh, shit! Wait, she finishes the clip saying... It's not good. Yo, like, I'm just so happy to see my messy Eve has... She's shown no signs of retreat. She doesn't have time for fucking Mo. He seems sweet. And he's like, listen, I'm just... I'm complaining in a way that makes sense. Like, I just have this one job, but Carolyn got me working two jobs, and both of them are really dangerous, and I just don't understand why. And Eva's like, listen, bitch, your first mistake was assuming that I gave a damn about anything that was right. about to come out your mouth. Number one, hand me those files. Thank you. Thank you very right. much. <laughs> Okay, you see about this? Don't inform me about shit. Oh, you are trying to... Let me tell you what happens with MI6, all right? Ain't nobody safe. Nobody's safe. I was protected. Every quotation's in Rome. That's what Carolyn said. And instead, look what happened to me. See? I mean, but what I like about where most come from is he's like, yes, I get it. I'm a, a red shirt like I am, but I'm also not the target. But I'm also trying to make sense of how I was, how I understand my job to be, but you're telling me that this is the real world and it gets more complicated. Than, right. But so I like the fact that his lens will evolve throughout the series for as long as he's alive. And I want him to as live. Up until Carolyn gets kidnapped, in my right, opinion, because well, there's no reason for Villanelle to be decent. No, I And know. she isn't with people. She's like, oh, you dead. You're not because I need you, but you are. So I feel like he's, especially because Killing Eve retweeted that photo of him today. And I was like, oh, he's really dead. Like, this is what they do. And they think they're being so clever right now. But now we see the pattern because you did that same shit with Kenny. And then I was like, Kenny's gone. You out here tweeting about Agent Mo? Like he's a reoccurring character, please. Reoccurring to die. 
and a slow-mo montage of Carolyn being kidnapped. <sighs> Sorry. But enjoy Mo while he's here I with his beard. <laughs> All right. And so our last, last but definitely not least, clip is the one I was screaming about in the last recap with Villanelle, teddy bear shopping for Eve, presumably in London after she finishes whatever she does in Barcelona and gets sent by Dasha and the 12 to London for the job, potentially to do with Carolyn. And she's like, I have a moment here. I can't stop thinking about Eve. She needs to know. I can't stop thinking about her, but also that I'm still kind of interested in harming her, but also in the O. So I need to get a gift that says all of this. What do I do? And that's probably why the scene starts out and she looks so confused and perplexed because she's like, I really do actually want to get the perfect gift, but also this place is terrifying. Why are there so many children in here. Right. All right, so here's the clip. Who's that crying? Oh, no. Children. Villanelle looks like she's ready to cry in there with all the babies. This store just sounds like juvenile chaos. Yes. Just like, do you remember you like um, the Toys R Us in Times Square for a closed down? Like that. Oh, yes. Salesperson trying to be helpful, like, here, try this. This place is psychopathic. <laughs> huh? A little bit. Girl, this phone booth was made just for you. Mm-hmm. Welcome. <laughs> she said, fuck these toys. I want the bear in which I can speak to. I should have shot you in the head. <laughs> the look on her face. I should have shot you in the head. You probably should have if you actually wanted dead to be dead. I should have shot you in the head and watched you die. I should have shot you in the head and watched you die. Mm. She's like, that's not true. Oh. I can't stop thinking about you. Oh, that was well-timed <laughs> agony and joy from us both. Just perfectly timed because it was innate from the soul, that scream. Um, yeah, I don't, like, what's there to say, people? What, what is there to say besides this is what I've wanted? This is what I've wanted since series two ended. I wanted this energy and I'm getting it, which is Villanelle on her bullshit. Being so obviously still in love with Eve that she petulantly was like, I, I should have shot you. Okay, maybe, um, let me try it again. <laughs> I, I should have shot you in the head and watched you die, bitch. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm thinking about your locks now. And that one time I smelled the crevice of your neck and I'm, I can't stop thinking about you. Please let her send it to Eve. Let her fuck that bitch up. But I really do think she's going to send something else petulant and rude. Like oh, close to that, yeah, but not right. that. She's got to. To like entice Eve's loins for her boudoir, but also for the fisticuffs, which is why she will get laid out. In the bus, hopefully. Hopefully by Eve. But yeah, that's the clip, y'all. If you had to make a guess, when does this happen in the episode? I hope the BBC and AMC don't fuck us over because right now I'm like second to last scene because that's what they be doing. Look what they did with the Constantine yeah, thing. We finally find out right. Villanelle knows Eve is alive, but it's at the end. And at this point, I'm like, keep the fucking clips. So if how, it's going to be the last is scene. Is it going to be a time jump? Because it doesn't look like she's a lot hurt. So does she get time to heal up all the way? What do you mean? Heal up from whatever from... the altercation is on the, the. No, I think the teddy bear is before the altercation. 
That's my guess. In my timeline, I think I potentially had an amuse is that she is in Barcelona, then she's in London, multitasking, something for Dasha and the 12, but also she wants to see Eve. In between what's happening with this job, she is in this suit shopping for the toy. So whether or not Eve gets it at the end of the episode or whatever, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Sandra Oh does not have a bruise right, on her face when she's mean, looking yeah. at it. So I just think she gets it to her, maybe does other stuff, and then Eve runs into her. And depending on what she puts in the actual message that makes it to Eve would amplify Eve's energy so, to attack yeah, her. I see what you mean. Near the end of this episode that's coming up now, right. meetings have biscuits, um, she'll create this toy. And then maybe in the middle of episode four, Eve will actually get it and like react to it. Yeah, who knows? Because we don't know. We didn't see in the preview that she got the toy. Right. Okay. We just know that she gets that teddy bear. And so maybe she sends it to Eve after the fight to be like, admit it, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> because I certainly wish you were here. Admit it. You miss, I'm, I'm going to lock in that it's multiple messages and you press it and you get a different one. I like that one. I like I like the thing. Like the toy. Like, oh, you pulled a string and every right. time you pulled a string, right. there's something new. Right. I would pay prefer extra that. for that. She should pay extra for that. But she so, got the money. Right. She has the money. And I feel like that's a feature from Build a Bear. Okay. So, yeah, that's the end of that. 